So, all right, let's get right down to business. I'm going to get into the word, and then um, I'll share something with you, and then uh, and we'll eat a little something. Amen? Amen? Turn your Bibles to John chapter 11. Now, I'm going to go over this in detail on Sunday, but I want to introduce this as a concept tonight because I want to kind of lead into something. But in John 11, I'm reading verses uh, 38 through 44. John 11, 38 through 44. So I'm reading the Amplified version, and it says there, so Jesus, again, deeply moved within to the point of anger. Now, let me just kind of set the picture for you. Now, Lazarus, his uh, friend Lazarus has, has died, you know, and it came to him before he was dying saying he was sick, you know, and then it came back and said, well, he's dead, you know. So uh, bottom line is Jesus wastes four days. <laughs> I mean, you know, he don't. He ain't moved by the fact that, you know, this, this guy dies, man. He just kind of keeps on moving. And four days later, he says, you know, let's go, let's go visit Lazarus, you know. <laughs> so they go there, you know, and then um, there's his two sisters, you know, Martha and Mary. Well, Martha first confronts him when he's outside the city about to enter in. And she says, you know, if you had been here, you know, he wouldn't have died. You know, but the bottom line is, you know, Jesus is the resurrection, and he's the life, you know. So he lets her know that. Then Mary come and pretty much says a, a similar thing, you know. So bottom line is he gets to where he's at. And this is where we enter in. So Jesus, again, deeply moved within to the point of anger, approached the tomb. And it says there, it was a cave. And a boulder was lying against it to cover the entrance. Now, Jesus says to them, the Bible says, take away the stone. Now, um, I'm going to break down a few things to you as I'm reading through this because I want you to I want you to kind of get something out of this. But Jesus tells them, take away the stone. What's important for you to realize about God is this. And I always mention this: God will never do something for you that you can do. So he tells them, take away the stone. He wasn't going to do it. <laughs> he tells them, move, remove the stone, roll it away. Now, of course. It took two things for them to remove this stone. Number one, it took physical effort. This wasn't no little rock. This was a, a big stone that was covering the entrance of a cave. <laughs> so it took physical strength to move this thing out of the way. So number one, it took physical strength. Number two, it took faith. Because this man is dead now, <laughs> you know, and he's thinking, you know. And they're talking about, you know, now Jesus is talking about move the stone away, you know. I'm about to do a miracle. Move the stone. So if God's ever going to do something for you, he'll always give you a command first. Because the bottom line is you'll always have to do your part first. So he says, you remove the stone. Now, Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an offensive odor. And the King James, it says, he stinketh. <laughs> See, I like the way the King James says it. He stinketh. <laughs> the Amplified, it's an offensive odor. <laughs> but she said, he's stinking by now. For he has been dead for four days. And in the Amplified, it says, it is hopeless. <laughs> and Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you believe in me, you will see the glory of God and the expression of his excellence? See, again, it took faith to remove this stone. After he says this to them, the Bible says, so they took away the stone. They did their part. They removed it. They removed the hindrance out of the way. Now, there's going to be some things that 
you're going to have you're going to be commanded to do. Now, I'm talking to you about getting prepared for this year. We're not going to be sitting around waiting for God to do stuff. You're going to be sitting around waiting for God's direction. And then you're going to do something. Because <laughs> he's going to always require you to take a step of faith before he'll get involved. He'll always speak to you about what you can do before he'll do anything. And if you, you know, if he speaks to you and then you don't move, don't expect to see a miracle afterwards. So he says, take away the stone, remove it. And so they removed the stone. And it says there, and Jesus raised his eyes toward heaven and said, Father, I thank you that you, you heard me. <laughs> and he says, I knew that you always hear me and listen to me. But I've said this because of the people standing around so that they may believe that you have sent me and that you have made me your representative. When he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And out came the man who had been dead, his hands and his feet tightly wrapped in burial clothes. So now after they do what they can do, now Jesus performs only what he can do. Then he raises the man from the dead. See, again, before, if you don't do your part, God can't do his. Because he will never do for you what you can do. He's not going to roll away the stone because you can do that. Now, you can't raise nobody from the dead. <laughs> Only Jesus can do that. Only God can do that. He's not going to expect you to do his part, but he's going to expe fully expect you to do yours. Now, again, it may take a little physical strength. It may take some effort. It may take some hard work, some labor. It may, and it's going to take a whole lot of faith oftentimes because sometimes you'll be stepping out and doing some things that, you know, you're like, <laughs> now, how am I going to do? But if he asks you, if he tells you to do it, you're capable of it. And then once you do your part, then he'll do his. So now he raises this man from the dead. See, I love that. I love the fact, you know, that he sees very specific. Because he ain't just say, come out. Because if he said, come out, every dead person in them graves would have got up. <laughs> So he was very specific. Lazarus, <laughs> come, come forth. <laughs> I want one person to come out of that grave. <laughs> so out came the man, the Bible says, who had been dead. His hands and his feet tightly wrapped in burial clothes. And with a burial cloth wrapped around his face. Then Jesus said to them, unwrap him and release him. Or in the King James, it says, loose him and let him go. See, now again. Now I've done my part. Now you do your part. You, you loose him and let him go free. Now I'm, I'm, I'm just going to break this down real quick because there's a lot of amazing truth that's found in here. But today I just want to pull out just a couple of things. Now, again, that's the fact that God will never do for you what you're capable of doing yourself. Again, in this scripture, there are two things that Jesus required the people to do. The first thing he asked them to do was take away the stone. Although the stone was heavy and difficult to move, the people standing around were perfectly capable of removing the physical hindrance of the stone. Now, it took obedience and physical strength to do it, but they were capable of completing the task. Therefore, Jesus wasn't going to do it for them. To do it required faith, obedience to his word, and elbow grease. And they were able to provide all three things. See, when God asks you to do something, it's going to take some physical strength. 
It's going to take some faith. It's going to take some elbow grease. (laughs) You're going to have to get out there and physically do something, mentally do something. You're going to have to do your part before God's going to step into this thing. Now, again, once you've done everything you can do, then he'll get involved and he'll do only what he can do. He's not, you know, we, we, we want, see, I say all of this to say this, you know, and Christianity, I don't know how it happens, but for some reason, we just kind of get uh, caught up into this thing where God's just going to do everything for us. He's, you know, he's going to do it. What's going to He's going to do it, you know, and we just are waiting for years and years and years for him to just do everything for us. And it never happens because he won't do everything for you. <laughs> He'll only do what you can't. Everything else will require you to get involved. The Bible says we are laborers together with God. We work with him. So we, we, we get instructions. He tells us, do this, and then we have to act. And then once we get to the point where we can't do anymore, then he'll do his part. He'll never, he'll never, you know, uh, I'm using a double negative, but he'll never not do his part. <laughs> he'll always do his part. But he always requires you to take the first step. It's the law of sequence. You know, whatever you do first will determine what God will do next. And see, what we want to do is we want God to take all the steps. We want him to do everything. And we just want to sit back with our feet up and wait for him to get finished. (laughs) It don't work like that. You're not going to one day wave a magic wand and then everything's going to be perfect with your life. He's going he's gonna to say, if you want your life to change, this is this what you need to do. You need to start here. You need to do this. You need to do this. Okay, once you do that, then I'll get involved. Hate to spoil everybody's night, but that's the way it works. <laughs> With that being said, as long as you're spiritually and physically capable of doing something, again, God won't. The second thing is this. He asked him to do, he, uh, once he raised him from the dead, he said, unwrap him and release him. Now, Jesus alone had the power to raise him from the dead. No one else that was present had the power of God flowing through them in that way. That was Jesus' responsibility. But the people could remove the stone, and they could release him from the bondage of his burial clothes. Now, I'll say this. After God does a miracle for you, he'll always require you to maintain it. You have to then maintain what he's given you. So you say, God, I want you to bless me with a great job. Right? So what God will do, he'll, 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 you have to do your part. Right? You're going to have to apply for jobs. You know, you're going to have to get yourself together. You're going to have to do your research on the company. You're going to have to go to the interview. And then God will do his part. You'll prepare yourself, and then God will begin to flow through you. Right? He'll begin to give you favor with people that you... <laughs> may not have favor with otherwise, right? That's his part. I can't, I can't make somebody like me. <laughs> but, God, but the Bible says that the heart of kings is in the hand of the Lord. He turns it whithersoever way he will. So God can turn their heart towards me with favor. So he can begin to turn their hearts towards me. And then they're like, oh, I just like you. I don't know what it is, you know. And then, and then they give me the job. Well, guess what? After that, God's not going to work the job for me. <laughs> He's not going to work it. I got to work it. In other words, I have to maintain what he's given me. Now, if I go there and I don't do my job, I put my feet up, you know, like, all right, God bless me. I'm good, you know, and, and I don't work. 
I don't care whether God bless me with it or not. I'll lose it. So God said, roll away the stone. They rolled away the stone. Then Jesus performed the miracle. Then he said, loose him and let him go free. You know, I, you do your part, I do mine. You do your part. Now, while you're on that job and you're working it and you're doing your best, then God can start turning people's heart towards you to promote you. But you, I never forget, man. I was on this job. Now, I got to move, you know. But I was on this job, you know. It was before me and Rev got married. Now, you know, we married 17 years this year. Isn't that crazy? That awesome or what? 17 years. So, you know, um, right before we got married, you know, I was working at this job, you know. And I'm a, you know, I'm a, black, I'm a bachelor. So, you know, I'm thinking in my mind, you know, they fire me, so what? You know what I mean? That's, that's my mindset, you know? I'm like, I'm doing my thing, you know? And, and, and the, what makes it so bad was I'm saved, you know? But I'm, and I think I'm being spiritual, you know, because I'm like, you know, I, I'm praying for people, you know? I'm like, I'm supposed to be working, you know? I never forget it, man. I'm on the phone with somebody, and it was going through a rough time. Now I'm supposed to be on the, I'm supposed to be working. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm working on the customer service line. Now I'm on their line. <laughs> not, not allowing calls to come through so I can pick it up. And I start praying for this person, you know. And I got my eyes closed, you know. <laughs> I'm like, so I'm praying for him. And I'm like, in the name of Jesus, you know. Like, man, my boss came. I mean, she, I, mean I opened my eyes and she was looking at me. <laughs> she was like, you're going too far. <laughs> I never forget it. Here I am, you know. The man of God doing this stuff, you know, and thinking I'm spiritual. I'm walking around, you know, I'm praying for people in conference rooms and stuff like that. I mean, I'm like doing my thing on this place, you know. And then, you know, the review time came up. <laughs> and, you know, people getting promotions and stuff like that. I never forget it, man. You could get, it was between one and five, you know. So nobody really gets a one. They fire you, get a one, you know. And then, Barely, very few people get fives, you know. Like, that means you're just outstanding, you know. I got a two. <laughs> i never forget it, man. I, I was so mad, you know. I'm looking at that thing. I'm like, I can't believe they gave me a two, you know. And then, you know, and God spoke to me. And he said, did you deserve that two? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you know. Like <laughs> I'm thinking it because, you know, I love Jesus, you know, and I'm serving him, you know. That, you know, he's going to just kind of overlook the fact that I ain't doing what I'm supposed to do. Here I am, a poor representative. <laughs> I'm supposed to be representing him. I'm a poor representative of God, you know. And, you know, then, then I had a, you know, I had a life event. I get married. And I start thinking in my mind, I said, man, you know, I can't lose my job, you know. They're going to fire me. I keep acting like I, I got somebody I got to be responsible for now. I got to work, you know. So I, I, you know, I never forget it. I wrote this letter to my boss and her boss. And I said, you know, I really apologize for, you know, how I've been, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to turn it around, you know, all this stuff, you know. <laughs> but I turned it around. I mean, I turned it around. The most amazing thing is when I turned it around, I started doing what I was supposed to do. Not a year went by and God already started opening up the door for favor and promotion for me. Just like that. They sent me to... Um, now, this ain't my message. I don't know why I'm on to all this. But the bottom line is, they send me to Pennsylvania to train this team. We, we got the biggest account. It was Walmart. 
a million lives because I was on life and disability. They sent me all the way to Pennsylvania to help train this team on how to answer the phones and stuff like that. I met a guy there who, had, who, who I got tremendous favor with. When I came back, he put me on this project and me and him worked it together. After that, the sky was the limit for me. I, I got promoted, you know, two levels higher above everybody that was promoted before me. And then I, two years later, I got another promotion, two levels higher. And I was supervising people. When I made the decision to do what I was to do my part, God started shooting me up. But you sit around and you act like, you know, well, you know, I love Jesus. And that's all you need. And that's all you think that's all it is to it. It takes more than loving Jesus. And more than the fact that he loves you. Because <laughs> he loves you. But he ain't going to promote no mess. Because when you get up, because if he promotes you, you'll embarrass him. You'll be a bad representative. He couldn't promote me. <laughs> I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do on my current job. How are you going to promote me? <laughs> so with that being said, God will only do what he's, what he's you know, he won't do for you what, you what what you can do. He'll do what you can't do. But he'll fully expect you to do what you can. Now, I want to get to this, and then I'm going to close. I only, I only got a little bit. Man, I can't, I can't even imagine that I'm. I'm all messed up right now. I got to close in a little while. <laughs> but this is what God showed me. Yeah, I, I believe so. This is what God showed me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end here. And um, I'm going to really preach this on Sunday. Because, I, I, you know, this is, I think, very important. But I, I want to show you this really quick. Now, I'm looking for it. Here it is. Exodus chapter 5, and um, I can't get through all this because it's going to mess me up, but I'll finish it on Sunday, I promise you. Exodus chapter 5. Now, with that being said, once you start moving out on what you're supposed to do, don't think that the devil is going to just kind of just stand by and just watch you. And, you know, and just be clap and applaud for you <laughs> as you start try to come out. Whenever you try to get free and you start working towards getting free, he'll always try to throw, throw a curveball at you. He'll always try to sucker punch you. And I just wanted to show you this real quick. Now, I'm in Exodus chapter 5, verse, verse 1. Now, at this point, God has spoke to Moses. He told, you, told him, I want you to go to Egypt, tell, tell Pharaoh to let my people go. <laughs> you know, So now here he is. He's going to go talk to Pharaoh. And um, it says there in verse 1, Afterward, Moses and, and Aaron came and said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go, so that they may celebrate a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord? <laughs> that I should obey his voice and to let Israel go. Who is this? Who is the Lord? And he says, I don't know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. Then they said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go on a three-day journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God so that he does not discipline us with pestilence or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said to Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people away from their work? Get back to your burdens. <laughs> 
And Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are now many, and you, have, and you would have them to stop their work. And it says there, and I want you to get this, the very same day, Pharaoh gave orders to the Egyptian taskmasters in charge of the people and their Hebrew foremen saying, you will no longer give the people straw to make bricks as before. Let them go gather straw for themselves. But the number of bricks what they, what they were making before, you shall still require of them. You are not to reduce it in the least, for they are idle and lazy. That's why they cry, let us go sacrifice to our God. And it says, let labor be heavier on the men and let them work hard. As it's, maybe this guy something else. At, let them work hard at it so that they will pay no attention to their God's lying words. I want you to understand this. See, I want you to understand this. See, whenever, whenever you start making effort to try to get out, the devil will always try to make it harder for you. The reason why is because he's trying to get you to stop paying attention to what God is saying to you. Because he's saying to you, your God's lying to you. And now I'm going to make it hard on you. He goes on to say, then the Egyptian taskmasters in charge of the people and their foreman went out and said to the people, thus says Pharaoh, I will not give you any straw. Go get straw for yourselves wherever you can find it. But your work will not be reduced in the least. So the people were scattered throughout the land of Egypt to gather stubble to use for straw. And a taskmaster pressured them, saying, finish your work. Fulfill your daily quotas just as when there was straw given to you. And the Hebrew foremen who the Pharaoh's taskmasters had sent over them were beaten and were asked, why have you not fulfilled your required quota of the bricks yesterday and today as before? Then the Hebrew foreman came to Pharaoh and cried, why do you deal like this with your servants? No straw is given to your servants, yet they say make bricks. And look, your servants are being beaten, but it's the fault of your own people. And Pharaoh said, you are lazy, very lazy and idle. That is why you say, let us go sacrifice to the Lord. Get out now and get to work, for no straw will be given to you. Yet you will deliver the same quota of bricks. And it says the Hebrew foreman saw that they were in a bad situation because they were told you must not reduce in the least your daily quota of bricks. I'm going to finish here. When they left Pharaoh's presence, the foreman met Moses and Aaron who were waiting for them. And the foreman said, may the Lord look upon you and judge you because you have made us odious in the sight of Pharaoh and his servants. And you have put a sword in his hand to kill us. <laughs> Then Moses turned again to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, why have you brought harm and oppression to this people? Why did you ever send me? I can't understand your purpose. Ever since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has harmed and oppressed his people, and you have done nothing at all to rescue your people. Now, I'm, I'm going I'm to get ready to close with this. Whenever you're trying to get free, whenever you're trying to get loose, the devil is always going to try to make it hard on you. Because he don't want you to be free. He'll work your heart. You'll leave out of this place today charged up and say, I'm going I'm to do exactly what pastor said. I'm going to start working. And if you start working towards something, the devil will try to attack that. And he'll try to pressure you to stop doing it. But I want to say this to you today. If you keep pressing through it, you will, you will get free. 
But the bottom line is he don't want you free. So he wants to discourage you and stop you from trying to get free. He don't tell you, see, that preacher was lying to you. That's what they, that's what they said to Moses, you know. You lied to us. <laughs> you, you lied to us. You know, they're just making it harder on us now. And that's what the devil will try to do to you. He'll make it harder on you so that he can discourage you from trying to get to where you need to get to. He'll always attack it. He'll always attack. But if you press through it, if you keep pressing through it, you're going to get free. And I believe that this is your year to get free. Don't be distracted by what the devil is doing. The reason why he begins to attack you the way he tries to attack you is because he knows that you're getting free. His attacks are a sure sign that what you're doing is working. Because if, 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 if it wasn't working, he wouldn't pay no attention to you. He wouldn't pay no attention to you if it wasn't working. That is your proof positive that what I'm doing is working. And that's why he has shifted his focus and is now paying attention to me. He don't like nobody trying to get free. As long as you belong to him, he don't have no problems. Just go ahead and do what you're doing. But as soon as you start working towards doing something great, he's going to try to stop it. But he can't stop it if you don't let him. He can't stop you if you don't let him. I know you're going to have to give me like five more minutes. But I'm going to say this really quick. You know, I'll give you an example. You got to press through. You got to press through. And that's why prayer is so important. That's why I always talk about there's two things that you'll always hear me say. If you're going to be walking with God, you need to either you need to be a man or a woman of the word. And you need to be a man or a woman of prayer. You ain't going to make it if you ain't. Because the devil will take you out. If you don't, if you're not strong in the word and you're not strong in prayer, the devil's going to take you out. He's going to stop you before you get to where you're trying to get to. Now, I'm going to end this right here with this little testimony. You know, when we got, <laughs> when, we, when we went to get this place, this place here. Now, we have been, we have been looking for a place since January of last year. It took us nine months to locate this place. I mean, we're looking everywhere. I mean, we went through about three or four places before we finally found this place. So what happened was the, uh, you know, the owner of this place said, you know what, um, you're going to have to go get a certificate of occupancy. Now, normally the owner does that, but he sent us to do it. So I said, okay, you know, I'll go do it. I went downtown. Now, this, I mean, you're talking about a process? I went downtown, and they said, okay, you got to fill out this paperwork. You know? So I filled out this paperwork, and they tell me it's going to take you, uh, we'll, you'll have it in about 10 business days, two weeks. Right? This is mid-September. I get this paperwork in my hands. I fill the paperwork out, and they tell me two weeks. So now we're supposed to be getting this place in October. I, 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 I planned it out. I said, okay, because we were in another place. And I had to let the other place know that we were leaving because I had to give them three months' notice before we left. So we had to let them know 
October 1st, we're leaving so that we can be out by January. Meanwhile, I had to sign a lease for this place and give them a down payment and everything. Now, I'm filling out the paperwork. I said, by the time I, f I sign the lease, the paper, I, the, you know, I'll already, I'll have the CEO. I'll be good to go. Two weeks, two weeks go by. Nothing. I call him. Oh, well, you know, um, you, uh, oh, it's going to take him one more week. That's what they tell me. I call him the next Friday. Oh, it should be done by the end of the week. <laughs> Finally, now I done signed the lease. I'm on faith. I'm just believing God that this is the place. I signed the lease on faith, you know. And now I gave them notice. We're out of here. You know, the other place we were in. So we got to move out January regardless and into this place with or without what we need. So then we're, you know, I call them again. Then they tell me now October here is here, you know. They keep, they keep giving me the runaround. I go down there. I'm calling them. You know, they're giving me the runaround, you know. Oh, it should only take a little bit, little bit longer, you know. Finally, we're in this place. We got to get out of, we about to get ready to get out of this other place. And they tell me, <laughs> they tell me that you're going to have to uh, go before the zoning board. <laughs> now, this was already an approved, they already told me this was an approved use for this place. But they said I have to go through the zoning board. Now, if you don't know what it's like to go through the zoning board, I'll give you just an idea. Now, because I went through this when I was at, you know, our other church. And they, they had to go before the zoning board to get this other place. First of all, you got to hire a lawyer. Right? Lawyer costs you between $5,000 for the lawyer. Then you got to get an architect to draw plans. That costs about $2,000 for plans. Then you got to hire somebody like a traffic expert, you know, to look at the traffic flow and all of this stuff, you know. <laughs> that costs you another $1,000, you know. By the time you're finished with this thing, you're like, you paid about $15,000 by, by the time you're finished. And they're on the phone with me telling me, you're going to have to do this. You know, you're going to have to, uh, you know, pay this money. You're going to have to do this in order for you to get this place. I'm like, man, I ain't got no $15,000, man. I can't do that. <laughs> you know. So I'm now, I, I mean, we're, we're in the process, right? We're moving over here. On Thursday nights, we're moving our stuff from there to here. So this was a, a, a Wednesday I found this out. Thursday comes, we sp I'm supposed to be going down to the church to move this stuff over here. And I tell, um, I tell my wife, I can't go down there. <laughs> I, can't, cause I, I can't start moving stuff over there. I don't, I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> so I called them, I canceled. I said, you know, we're not going to go down there tonight. <laughs> you know? And now, I'm, now I'm, telling, I'm, starting to, I'm telling you about prayer. I'm praying. I'm asking God, I don't understand, you know. I really believe that this is the place. You know, what's, what's the deal here? You know, I need wisdom. I need you to show me what to do. Now, a month, like two months earlier, the guy that owned this place said, you need to go to see Councilman Ramos. This is two months earlier before this happens. You need to see Councilman Ramos to see if, he'll, to see if he will um, endorse you doing what you want to do there. So I said, okay. You know, so I called down there to Councilman Ramos' office. Now, the lady picks up the phone, and I get on the phone with the lady, and she says to me, uh, I say, yeah, you know, this is Pastor Gavin Taylor, you know, I have, uh, I have a food pantry in Stephen Crane, you know, 
So she says, you can't do no food pantry in Stephen Crane. I was like, oh, she's like, yeah, you can't do no food pantry down there. Somebody's already doing it. I said, no, 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 no. I'm the one that's doing the food pantry in Stephen Crane. She said, oh, pastor, how are you? Oh, you probably don't remember me. I see, said, if you saw me, you would know who I am, but you probably don't remember me. I re oh, how are you? What's going on, you know? So I tell her what we want to do here, you know? So she says, I'm going to get you a meeting with Councilman Ramos. So she gets me this meeting. I go down there, and I'm talking about, she walks me into this office, and she starts telling him all of this stuff that we've been doing. She said, oh, yeah, they started off in Branchbrook parking lot with, uh, with, a, with you know, giving out food out of a U-Haul truck. I mean, she's telling Councilman Ramos all that. I'm not saying nothing. She's like, yeah, he, he feeds all of these people, and I've been there, and it's awesome, you know. I mean, all of this stuff. I'm sitting there like, my God, I'm not even saying a word, you know. So finally, he says, well, what do you want to do over there? So I tell him what we want to do. He's like, oh, yeah, I can get behind that. Of course, that's awesome, you know. So we get out of there. Now, I tell you this to say this. I'm praying, because they just told me you're going to have to go before the board. I said, man, you know, and I heard God say, call this woman. I gave her a call, get on the phone with her, and I said, you know, I don't know what's going on. I called down the city hall, and they're telling me I got to go before this board and stuff like that. You know, I, they, they told me that it was an approved use. I don't understand what's happening. She says, Councilman Ramos is in Atlantic City right now, but he'll be back tomorrow night. I'm going to text him right now. So she sent him a text message. She calls me the next day. It's Friday. She calls me back, and she tells me, you know, Monday, his chief of staff's going to go down there and talk to the guy. I said, okay. So Monday comes by. I don't hear nothing. Tuesday comes. I call her. She said, so sorry, Monday. You know, it didn't go down because it was a holiday or something like that. But he's taking care of it. I get a call from City Hall the next day. They said, we've signed off on your paperwork. Just that one call saved us $15,000. Easy. Easy. So I'm talking about God move, God doing his part. See, now I had to do my part. I had to go down there. I had to make all these phone calls, running back and forth down there, dealing, filing out paperwork, and all this stuff. That's my part. He's not going to do that for me. But only he can give me favor. Only he can give me, turn people's hearts towards me with favor and with love. Only he can do that. I can't do that. But you think they will be over after that. It ain't over. Now we're in, not right now, we're in, we're pretty much in like December at this point. <laughs> and I'm like, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta do this Christmas event. We gotta do, we gotta do New Year. <laughs> and I'm in faith doing this stuff, man. I'm just like doing it, just like, we're gonna do it, man. We're gonna do what we gotta do. So we just did it, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, God, give us favor, you know, <laughs> like help us, you know. We just do it, did our thing, you know. So bottom line is, I go down there again, and they say, oh, well, you know, you're in the, we, we thought you were in a standalone building. We didn't know you were in a building with all of these different businesses and stuff like that, you know. You're going to have to fill out another piece of paperwork. So I had to go down there again, fill out all this other paperwork. Then it goes back. Now, now if you've ever been out City Hall, it's like three different rooms working on. So B-16. B-20-something. Then upstairs. I mean, they got me all over the place with all of this paperwork. So they sent me, so it came from upstairs, downstairs. Then I had to go back upstairs because I had to fill it out again. So by now, God has given me favor with people that work there. So, you know, I'm talking to this woman. I'm like, you know, so she was like, well, what's going on with this building? So I tell her, you know, nobody in this whole place, with the exception of, 
the, the pharmacy has done any of this paperwork. Nobody. They didn't know nobody else was here but the pharmacy. So now they want me to do paperwork for everybody in this whole place. <laughs> everybody in the whole place. Everybody. So I had to put, so I had to walk around, you know, the pharmacy's here, we're here, physical therapy, you know, I'm walking around putting everybody down on this application, right? And I give the thing, the thing in. So God gives me favor with this woman, turns her heart towards me, and she's like, look, I'm just going to sign off on this thing. <laughs> and so she signs off on the thing, right? So I'm thinking, all right, we good to go, right? It goes downstairs again. So I go back over there. She's like, well, it's pretty much ready to go. All you got to do is pay for it, right? So I go down to the bank. I pay the money and stuff like that. And then she tells me, okay, now you got to get inspections. <laughs> we had to get four inspections on this place. We had a, the fire inspection. We had a plumbing inspection, electrical inspection, and then, a, and then the um, building inspection. So the building guy comes in. He's looking around. Everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. Because they come down, they look at this place, it's like, is it just for, I think we got all these people on here, all of these different businesses. I'm like, well, I'm just trying to open this place. I'm like, I don't know about none of these other places. I'm just trying to open this place. So the guy comes in, he says, you know what I'm going to do, the building guy. He says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to talk to everybody down there, all of those guys, and let them know what the situation is. And he said, then, you know, when they finish doing the inspection, I'll just come back and sign off on it. I said, okay, you know, so I call a plumbing guy comes, plumbing inspector comes, and I'm trying to give you all of this because I, I'm saying all of this because I want you to understand if you don't, if you, see, if you give up too quick, you won't get what you're going, what you're getting. You won't get it. You got to keep pressing, and you got to keep believing God, and you just got to keep doing what you got to do. You have to. So bottom line is, he leaves, the plumbing guy comes. The plumbing guy fails us for inspection. Said we ain't got no hot water. So then I call the, the plumber, he comes over. He got to go up in the ceilings and fix the thing, you know. So I said, okay, we're good. The only, I, was, I was only concerned about one inspection, and the one inspection I was concerned about was the easiest, the fire. <laughs> that was the only one I was concerned about. So the guy comes back, he puts his hand on the thing, he says, the water's too hot. And he fails us again. <laughs> I'm like, the water's too hot. He said, yeah, there's some kind of, so there's some kind of sensor thing that goes underneath the thing that, that, that it, it, it stops the water from getting over a certain degrees, you know, like a hundred, over 120 degrees, you know. So I had to call a guy back, you know, so he fixes it, you know, call, call a guy to come back again. Then finally he approves us. Then we get the electrical guy comes in. He just looks around. He says, oh, you know, no problem, you know, I'm good there. Then the, the, um, I'm waiting for the, um, the fire guy came. He came, and, and we had everything we need. He barely looked at anything. He approved us, you know. And then finally, the building guy, right? So I call, now I'm going, giving you this whole process. Now I'm about to close. The building guy comes. He don't even come. I call him, and he says, oh, I, he said, you need an inspection? I said, yeah. I said, do you remember me? I was doing this. He said, oh, yeah, I remember you. I ain't got to come back out there. He said, everybody approved you? I said, yeah. He said, ah. Just, I'll, I'll just approve you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so he tells me to come down there and just, so I went down there and picked up the paperwork. I got all my approvals in my hand, right? So I talked to the woman that's over there. Now, this woman, if you get on her bad side, you're in trouble. So I'm real nice to her, you know, like real. I'm like, miss, you know, so-and-so, you know, uh, 
can you help me with this situation, you know? So, you, well, well, let me look at it. You got all your approvals? Yeah. So she looking, you know, she's like, all right, well, once I approve it here, you know, once they sign off on everything, then it's going to go to the room <laughs> down there next door. So she says, go down there and talk to the woman, you know? So I went down there, I talked to the woman, and I said, well, you know, uh, my paperwork's over there. I got all my approvals, you know? Um, when can I get, you think I could get my CO? She says, well, it take about 10 business days. That's what she says. Now, I've been waiting. Now, I want you to understand, I started this process mid-September. Mid Here we are in January. Ten days, they told me. In the beginning, ten days. We're in January now. So now, <laughs> I said, okay, well, she says, well, if they get the paperwork to me today, then I'll try to work on it fast, you know. So I go back across. I says, Miss uh, so-and-so, can you help me? So she says, what do you need? I said, they, she said if she gets the paperwork today, then she can really. She's like, well, let me tell you this. Once it leaves this office, I have nothing else to do with this. She was like, but I will get it, everything signed for you today. I said, okay. So she got everything signed for me today. Went across. So I talked to the lady. She says, see me next week. I call her back. It ain't done. I call again. Still ain't done. Then I decide to go down there. So she gets the paperwork, one piece of my file is over here, other piece of the file is in the filing cabinet. I mean, you know, so she finally puts it all together and she says, okay, well, I got everything I need, you know, give me a couple of days. You don't hear from me by Friday, call me Friday. So I said, okay. So I call her Friday, they tell me it's, it always issued. Everything is done, I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus, right? So the woman says, are you the owner? I says, no. She's like, well, you can't come and get it. How about? She says, the owner got to get it. I said, I said, the woman told me I could pick it up. Well, no, the only way you could pick it up is if you get, uh, you know, a signed, you know, not just a, a letter, but notarized letter from the owner to pick it up. So I emailed the owner on Friday, this past Friday. I don't hear from him. Monday's Martin Luther King Day. Tuesday, I sent him another email. He said, well, come get it, you know. Come back, come get it, and I'll give it to you, you know. So I went down there that afternoon. They had, bottom line is, they had to redo the letter like four times because it was wrong, you know. Finally, I get the letter. I go down there, and we finally got this. <laughs> I'm telling you, when my wife and I got this thing in our hands, man, we celebrated. And I said, you know what? I'm not getting no cheap dollar store frame. I paid 15 bucks for this frame. <laughs> but the bottom line is, you know, we're, we're official. We opened up the community center in the beginning of February with full programming. We already have, um, we already have uh, this organization that's going to come that's going to do health workshops, a six-week health workshop, primarily for seniors. And today, we hired a Zumba instructor. So my wife contacted somebody to set up Zumba. <laughs> Who wants to come and do Zumba? All right, now, we got, we got a Zumba for free. We're not going to charge you. We're, we're going to pay the people. They're going to come and do Zumba, uh, teach you, you know, do all of that stuff. But it'll be with a twist. It's going to be Christian Zumba. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to be twerking in here. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to get this paper. So, 
So my wife is in charge of all that. You can see her, you know. I think that she said that she want Eben to do sign up, you know. Did you want that what you wanted? And she'll do sign up, you know, for if you want to do this. It's going to start in February. The first, so it's going to be once a week, probably every Saturday, and you know, going forward, you know. And then we're going to do the health work, the health class. I'm going to do some financial literacy classes. I'm, I'm actually um, working on a, a six-week series for financial literacy that I'll be doing. So we'll have three things going as soon as February hits. Yes, baby? And if, if, if you feel like you can do Zumba, but everybody's signing a release here. <laughs> everybody. So if you, if you twist the wrong way, ain't nobody suing us in here. So <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> so, but but <clears throat> but the bottom line is, we'll have full programming going going starting February, you know, and then we'll have many more things going on because we're we 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 have transcended. We're going to be more than just having church. We're going to be doing all kinds of different, and that's why we have the eight dimensions of wellness up here. And again, my 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 wife is a counselor, so she really gave me this information, but this encompasses everything that we're gonna be doing here as an organization, because we're gonna be meeting the needs of everybody. Also today, you know, we had a, um, and I know I gotta let you go, I'm so sorry. But today, we're going, we uh, had an inspection for our food pantry. Now you know our food pantry is a major pantry. We feed over 500 people a month. And uh, we have the Stephen Crane uh, uh, Village, and we also have the senior buildings. And then we support two food pantries. So we had an inspection today. An inspector came, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get everything together, you know. I got, you know, Mother Cookie over there sweeping up and mopping and stuff like that. And we got everything going, you know, and I'm cleaning up, and we're trying to get this place right, you know. And um, I'm, you know, I'm, you know. Thank God for Elder Eben. She filled out all of the paperwork and stuff like that and got all that stuff together. But um, so anyway, she comes, right? I'm talking about the favor of God now. Now, I'm going to tell you something. See, this stuff don't come without work. The favor of God, man. She walked, the woman, I never met this woman before in my life. So I'm standing outside. She says, Pastor Taylor, yeah. So she's like, oh, I'm so sorry I'm a little late. You know, so then she says to me, everybody at the food bank wanted me to tell you hi. She said, you going to see Pastor Taylor? Make sure you tell him I said hi. You know, I'm, and this is the person that's supposed to do an inspection, you know. She comes in. She don't barely look at nothing, you know. She just comes, oh, you know, you're good here, blah, blah, blah. These are the two things you got to do, you know. So then she says to me, you know, do you want to expand this? Do you want to do more, you know? I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I said, the only thing that we really need, we need more meat. I said, we need cheese, we need eggs, we need milk. That's what we really need. And then um, she says, well, uh, we want to. If you want to get involved with some other programs, she's going to give us, she's going to give us um, 50 boxes of, of, well, not the, well, yeah, she's going to, they're going to give us Pampers. So every month we're going to get Pampers for kids, right? Boxes and boxes of Pampers. And then every month we're going to get tampons, you know, 50 boxes they're going to give us every month. So we'll be able to help people that need them, you know. And then we'll have pampers, you know, for, for mothers that need them as well. So that will be for this place and for our food pantry. So uh, they're going to do that, and then they're going to send us somebody that's going to do benefit screening work. So here we got all this stuff happening now, you know. So God is really opening up really tremendous doors here, you know. So if you know people that have needs for that, you know, make sure you let me know. You know, let my wife know, and then we'll make sure that we help meet those needs. You know what I'm saying? 
So, um, but that's what we're here for, and that's why our mission here is to find a need and meet it, find a hurt and heal it, find a problem and solve it. That is our the mission of our ministry and of this community center is to is to do those things. But again, it, it you know you just can't you just don't you just don't kind of you know it just don't kind of happen. You know, Curtis was with me. You know, Justin was with me when we started the food pantry. We started with a U-Haul van, and we were given. You know what I'm saying? We had 25, and then we had 50 bags of food that we were giving out. Well, that's all we had. We had a truck, that was, and we, we had a heart to give to bless people. Now, now we're supporting other food pantries. We got help by, from a food pantry. Now we're supporting two food pantries. You know, so, but that's how it happens, you know what I'm saying? But it don't, it don't happen just because you want it. It happens because you do your part, and then God does his. So on that, I'm going to close. I just had to share. The only reason why I was longer tonight, because I really wanted to testify about this. But from now, I promise you, I'm going to get you out of here by 830. <laughs> but we're going to close right here, though. But just lift your hands to Jesus. We're going to close right here. No, I got it. Don't remember. Pray for people first, and then I'm going to do that. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we just thank you. We worship you. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you, Father, for speaking to us tonight. We thank you for letting us know that, see, things just don't happen. We got to do our part. If you tell us to roll away the stone, we must roll it away. Whatever it is that you have instructed us to do, we must do. And then you, you'll cause the resurrection to happen. But we have to do our part. And, Father, we just thank you for doing only what you can do, for performing miracles in our life. But let us not forget that we have to do what you have told us to do. We have to put the elbow grease to it. We have to do the physical work. We have to believe you. We got to have faith. We got to obey. And once we do what we can do, you'll do what only you can do. And fourth, Father, we just want to thank you. We bless you, Lord. We give you all the praise, the glory. We give you honor in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Now, look, if you're here today, you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to do so. I want to pray for you or you're backslidden and you know you are and you just want to do that. I want to pray for you. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you to stand up on your feet. Just go ahead and stand up on your feet right where you are. I'm not going to embarrass you. I promise you just want to pray for you. If that's you, you can just go ahead and do that right now. I'll give you a moment. This is, you know. Tomorrow's not promised to anybody. Get yourself right today. There's no time like the present. Don't wait till tomorrow. Amen. Amen. We're going to pray with this brother right here. And I want everybody to pray. All right? I want everybody to say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth. You died for my sins. And you rose from the dead to make me right with God. Now, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. Come into my heart. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, everybody, just give Jesus a praise. Amen, amen, amen. All right. 
We're going to close here. What we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to get ready to worship God here with tithes and offering, with special giving. You know, the Bible says to honor the Lord with your substance, with the first fruits of all of your increase. So shall your barns, they'll be filled with plenty. Your presses, they'll burst out with new wine. Now, see, I'm telling you about doing your part. Do, see, God's not going to pay your tithes for you. <laughs> but he'll, if you honor God with your tithes and offerings, then he'll do only what he can do, which is give you a harvest on what you've sown. See, only, only he can make a harvest happen. But you do your part. And see, again, it takes faith. It takes obedience, right? You're doing your part. Honoring him, you know. And if you honor God, he'll do no less for you. Now, I've, I've said this before, but I've, I've honored God all my life, you know. Since I've been in my 20s, I've honored God with my tithes and offerings. And as a result, he's blessed me big time. I can't even, I, I, just what he does for me, I just can't even, I just can't even tell it all. You know, I don't want nobody to get, like, jealous or nothing like that and be angry with me or whatever, you know. But God just does so many stuff. Please don't move around too much. Just kind of while I'm doing this. We have to learn how to just honor him. And when he, we do that, he blesses us. So tithes and offerings, they go in this envelope. You're going to write a check. You can write it to the love of Jesus. You can give on your debit card. You can use our giving applications. We have two app. We have GiveLify. And you can talk to Elder Eben. She'll talk to you about that. Also, your offering envelopes are underneath the chairs. If you don't know where they are, they're underneath the chairs. For now, we're getting some things where we can put them on the back of the chairs. But, um, and you can also use the Cash App, L-O-J-W-O. You can do that as well. So let's go ahead and let's worship God with tithes and offerings, and we'll get ready to close here. By the way, don't leave right away. I have food in the back. We're heating it up right now, so you can get a little something as soon as we finish here. But let's go ahead and worship God with tithes and offerings. You can go ahead, um, Tasha. Amen, amen, amen. Well, glory to God be the glory. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Well, glory. So, um... Again, February, we begin full programming. We're going to keep you guys posted with dates and everything as soon as we get all of the official dates. I am meeting with um, uh, the people that's going to do the health, um, the health workshops this upcoming week. And I'm starting to put together the dates for the financial literacy classes. I'll make sure that you guys know that. Also, 